0: You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are connected to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday lives. In this episode, we're exploring why the church does or doesn't weigh in on any particular political issue. So it seems like more and more we receive requests for, especially from the pulpit, uh, one of the pastors to say something about something that is going on in the world or wondering why we haven't said something. So we want to take some time to explore that, to talk about how we think about these issues, why we do or don't say things about the things that we do, and how we as Christians should engage uh, the culture as a whole. Welcome into Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got the rest of our leadership team, Zach Wyrock, Joe Coffey, and Stacy DiNardo. And our question today is, how does the church decide what political issues we should or shouldn't weigh on? And what's the decision-making grid? You know, I think uh, over the last few months, there have been a number of hot button political issues that have arisen, whether it's certain political issues that are on ballots or uh, foreign policy conflicts, things that are happening overseas. And and we are commonly asked why we have or haven't released a statement or a podcast or something about a particular political uh, event that has occurred or thing that's taken place. So, what is our decision-making grid? How do we think about whether or not we should talk about a political thing that takes place? Yeah,
1: actually, what people want is not just a podcast or a statement. They want somebody to mention it from the pulpit. Yeah, that's usually during during a Sunday morning service or a Thursday night service. And I think that's different too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's one thing to do a podcast, one thing to release a statement. It's another thing to take the time that's designated for worship. And to do that, and we'll, we're going to explain that more in a minute, but just as you were introducing that, Jimmy, it struck me that, you know, my dad uh, was a minister, you know, my whole life, so I grew up in the church, um, and this was never an issue for my dad.
2: Hmm.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, he and, and you can't tell me that there were no hot-button political right. issues right, during yeah. his 50 years of ministry, but this is a relatively recent phenomenon uh, in the evangelical church, I think that uh, people are wanting more and more for pastors to make a statement. Um, which, and there's a reason for that. Which, you know, by the
0: way, it's a bipartisan phenomena. Well, it's not that we get requests from only one side of the aisle or the right? other. We will right. get we get it from every direction. Depending, depending,
3: on, on, right? depending on the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah depending
0: yeah. on the
1: issue,
3: right. Yeah, I think that it's interesting, Joe, because I'd like to just pull that apart for a second because part of the reason this is so complicated are the— social forces that lead to this being an issue one of which is i think we're more partisan and more divided than we've ever been as a country yeah i agree that's that's one so people are hardwired to think are you with me or against me are you us or are you you them
1: and people will listen i think people you know they they try to parse sentences to see to try to Decide whether oh, the no pastor deal. is for them or no against deal. them, with them.
3: Yeah, against because again, I, I even maybe sometimes without realizing they're doing it, because right. I just think that's we're becoming conditioned to do that. I think the second thing is social media is a big part of this yeah. because everyone's weighing in on everything all the time. I, I think part of it is uh, there is there is this feeling now that leaders at, at at any level, right? So just take local church leadership in this conversation are are required expected to weigh in on any particular issue that is happening yeah. not just that relates to their context sometimes something that happened in you know for us let's say something that happens in Los Angeles yeah. and people are wanting us to weigh in on it all the way in Ohio whereas before the world was much smaller people right. didn't know yeah. what was happening uh, and they didn't have constant stream of, of information and they didn't have a ton of voices on their feet or in their earp- earbuds, which were telling them this is how you should think and be wary of anyone who doesn't say this and be wary. And I think all these things are conspiring where to the point where I sometimes get people saying to me, why haven't you come out against terrorism? And I'm thinking the absurdity of right. that statement. Right that well, was anyone under the impression I was pro-terrorism, like I didn't think that was a possibility and and the inconsistency of there are major events happening in the world all the time, yeah. some matter more to us as Americans than others, but but there are many awful things and and just the the things that people tend to pick and choose, I want you to speak about this, actually, I don't want you to speak about that. I couldn't care less about this i is just an incredible phenomenon
2: do you I think? think- any of it i find myself sometimes if i would turn on the news questioning what is true and what is not yeah i was just going to so, say so i that. mean i think yeah. partly is there could there even be an innocence in going i don't know what to make of this cuz i don't know what to believe and well, maybe I would say, like, go to my church it,
0: it seems like uh institutional trust is at an all time low yeah. whether it's the the government or the school or but the church
3: but one of the reasons for that i mean this is like if we start laying out I why know, is it yeah. complicated one of the reasons for that i think is people speak prematurely yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was just an event. I mean, again, one of the things I love about this podcast topic is it really doesn't matter. Like, it's two, 2023 right now. Right. You could be listening so this is, to this in this 2027. Evergreen. Evergreen. That's right. And this will be as relevant. But there was a story yesterday where uh, supposedly Israel had fired rockets into a hospital mm-hmm. in Gaza, killing hundreds of people in the hospital. And it came out today that it was actually uh, a, uh, a Hamas rocket. And that it hit a parking garage. That it, hit a, that it misfired and therefore landed in a parking yep. garage. And everybody's going, our bad, our bad. And it's like, yeah, this is it's why too no late. one- It's too late. Right. Because
1: all the news is out. And but everybody's ar- but what, already, what I want people right. to
3: understand is news agencies got that wrong. News agencies right. whose whole business job is, is, is- You talk yeah. about news agencies have, uh. who have international correspondents who are spending all day every day- doing nothing but let's get this story, let's get it right, and let's get it to the public. Now, we shrink all the way down to Hudson, Ohio, to a church. Right. That is not the business we are in. We do not have international correspondence. We do not. <laughs> how in the world, if they can't get it right, right, will we get it right? And, and so I think there's some, something to be said that, that you are, because of social media, I think we're all under the impression that we know more than we think we know. Are we? I mean, yeah. yeah, do we know more than we actually do. Actually do, yeah. And I think people, therefore, it, think that that we as church leaders know more than we think we do, whether it's in terms of events, or the law, yeah. or the implications of the law, or politics, or, you know, versus, hey, my training, my degrees are in theology. So you want to talk about the New Testament, I can talk about that off the cuff. But if you want to talk about geopolitical affairs, or, you know, I, I got to do some reading.
1: Yeah, let me uh, just change gears here for a second. Um one of the issues that Zach just mentioned that the, the business that we're in, uh, one of the issues that happens as a pastor is like, I have a neighbor, uh, we are coming up on election time. Uh, I don't know when this is going to be released, but, uh, here in Ohio, there's uh, issue. One is on the ballot, which is, uh, to make abortion a constitutional right here in Ohio. And I have a neighbor who has a vote. Yes. In his a yard. Um, And I would love for him to come to church, right? Because I don't—I'm pretty sure he doesn't know Jesus. And uh, I'm actually—we're actually preaching in uh, Galatians, which is a great series for somebody to come. And I'm—let's say I am planning that week for uh, a message that would be perfect for somebody who does not know Jesus— to find out that God loves them, offers them grace through Jesus. It could be the first and only time he ever hears that message. And he walks into our church and he sees a vote no on issue one. And he, wa- he would turn around and walk out because he would know this is not, these are not my people. This is not my tribe. I'm not going to listen to anything I have to say because they've already announced uh, to me uh, where they stand on an issue that's really important to me right and I think uh, that's one of the things that we have to weigh in all the time that's why I say when people want us to announce something from the pulpit on a time when we have dedicated this this time to worship the God of heaven to tell people about Jesus to remind ourselves of the gospel uh, I don't in some ways I want to go what what could be there is nothing that's more important than that particularly if you have finally gotten your neighbor who was far away from jesus to come and say yeah i will listen to this one time and you you blow the one time for a political issue i think that's a, that's a mistake
3: yeah and it's just also not in keeping i think with the the what we see jesus doing right. in the new testament and right. what we see the apostles doing i i don't mean that political issues don't matter and i and i i think you know, we have often utilized this podcast to aim mm-hmm. at things we wouldn't aim at on a Sunday. In part, Joe, that's because this is an insider podcast, right? right. right? If you're listening to this, we assume you're connected you're to our church, church. Yep. you're a Christian, yep. so you're you're ready for that. But it's just not in keeping. You just don't see Jesus doing this. He is bold and courageous. Absolutely. About who God is,
2: exactly about God's yep.
3: love for you, and about your need for repentance, right? But He's not weighing in on what uh, Caesar is doing. Paul's not weighing in, you know. And it's not that there weren't moral issues in their day, or there weren't. It isn't even that the early church didn't push back; they did, but they did it by loving those that weren't loved. By they didn't do it with yard signs, they didn't do it with bumper stickers, they didn't do. And so, again, I'm not saying those things are evil. I'm just saying. Uh, I think people are asking us to go beyond, at times, to go beyond what I think even if you look at would say. When,
0: when Jesus had opportunities, he didn't take the bait. You know, yeah. when they say, yeah, they you say. know, whose image is yeah. on this coin? And he says, render to Caesar what's Caesar's, to, what, to God what's God. He's saying, "Yeah, I, I don't really... Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. You know, one of the hits that Christianity takes from people who are uh, on the left sometimes is that uh, the Bible, even the New Testament, doesn't come out and directly condemn slavery. Right, it says to slaves, "Be obedient to your masters." Wild, mm-hmm. you know. You just yeah. want to go. Wait, if there was ever a time to say it, but you know, if you you have to read the whole Bible, right, to find out that you know the only reason slavery ever stopped in any country anywhere is because of Christianity, because of the values that are throughout the whole Bible. But they didn't do it the way we try to do it. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like when I read the New Testament.
2: Well, with our congregation and all of us in general becoming more uh, consumed with news and consumed with the, and more and more divided in some ways, I think it's all the more reason we need to be keeping the main thing the main thing and not spending more time talking about political things, but rather probably less time talking about them. Well, and I
0: think we need to be a little bit less suspicious of one another. Yeah. It feels yeah. like. Um, you know, I, I'm sure that Stacy and I don't face the emails that you and Joe, you and Zach
3: face, Joe, Joe especially because
2: I just That's, right,
0: them that's right. Yeah. That, those are just the ones I send to Joe. Um, but I think, you know, it seems like sometimes when we have these interactions, the person on the other side of it has latched onto a code word or some sort of, you know, something very minor that they said or heard or saw on social media and has used that to paint with a really broad brush. And and I think it, it's just the suspicion of of each other that's really, really. I mean, it's difficult to navigate because it seems like it just causes relationship
3: to be very difficult when we can't. Yeah, I'm increasingly concerned. I think this is a little connected to what you're saying. I'm I'm increasingly concerned about rage culture. Yeah, just uh, we're angry all the time, and 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 I think I think maybe sometimes the best way to understand things is is to start with the idea that I'm a sinner right? So more more often than not, sin is behind my actions, more often than I wish. So that I think there's a misdirection that's happening is that in some ways I feel like culturally we are less and less about doing actual good to our neighbor and more and more about being upset about uh, the things that don't actually, that we have no effect over, and and i think part of our job is as as church leaders as a church is to push you towards actual yeah. righteousness in your own context to love your neighbor to lead your children to serve your spouse to honor jesus in your work and and you know doing a a message or a or or a, an announcement or a riff on let's say a terrorism event that happens in rome while egregious and awful, and I made that up, I hope when you listen to this, that didn't just happen because I made that up as I sit here. Um, while awful and, and heinous and worth being brokenhearted about, I, I think I hear a lot of people fixated on, well, did you speak about that? Did you? And, and what I want to ask these people is, hey, are you as passionate about your next door neighbors that don't know Jesus are you as brokenhearted for the ways your sin is harming your yeah. children or your spouse or your because I just think rage culture is a way of keeping us perpetually upset and perpetually no actual good to anyone. And, and and our job as Christians is to seek the kingdom of heaven, to seek human flourishing in so much as we have the ability to do that. And I can't affect the 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 the, the global landscape but I can't affect my corner of Hudson, Ohio. And I think that's God's call on my life and that's God's call on the life of every Christian. And and I wish maybe... Christians, I think there's a there would be an amazing opportunity right now for the sake of the gospel if Christians let everyone else have rage culture and just got serious about blessing their actual communities mm-hmm. they lived in and seeking the good of their neighbor under the banner of the glory of Christ. I think that would be a way of people going, you know what, I see, I hear a lot of yelling and I hear a lot of anger and I hear a lot, of, but the only people I actually see doing anything are the people of Jesus? What an opportunity that would be! But we're never going to get there if we don't divorce ourselves from the need to to yeah.
2: enter that, like well, the, the the national uh, yelling match. I think rage culture too. The underlying current of it is honestly fear, and well, I don't pr- think there's and pride. I mean, yeah, mean it, yeah. it is
1: it is exhilarating to feel like you're on the
2: right side of, of the issue of rage. Yeah. Right? So yeah, and there's nothing that. We'll fix that. But either one of those, whether it's driven
3: by pride or fear, the gospel speaks to both.
1: Absolutely. Yep. The other thing is, um, and I I think, I don't know how long this term has been around, but it's an interesting term and it's one I need to. I know that is um, an issue in my own heart. I just didn't call it this for a long time, but that's uh, virtue signaling. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, explain more, of because it happens on both sides, but tell me, Uh, Can you define it?
3: Yeah, I think it's—I mean, literally, it's the need to signal that you possess a particular virtue. It is is a public declaration of being for or against Against. something, really for no other reason— than that other people would know, particularly your own tribe. Right, that's what I Who wants to kind of clap right. for you. Hey, just so you know, I am against this, or I am... It doesn't achieve anything, right. accomplish anything, uh, uh, change anything other than your own tribe knows you are one of them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's an awful thing.
1: Yeah, but, it, but it's so deep in my... I mean, oh, I yeah, would, all of I do that, like, with uh, a Browns game, with a bad call. I can't wait to talk to other Browns fans, and we can... And I, I say it, they yes. get, I mean, we can all get, and that's part of the rage thing. That feeds the rage of just going, can you believe it? Can well, you believe and it?
3: let me just push on that a little bit because I, I think there's a prophetic, a little bit of a prophetic word that that we can say about this in terms of declaring truth, which is one of the reasons you know we're virtue, virtue signaling as a culture is it always? it's always interesting to me. Someone says, hey, you haven't weighed in on, let's just say a terrorist attack here. And then I say, oh, it's interesting. Three days ago, there was a terrorist attack here. And I didn't hear from you. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't get yeah. emails from a person every time there's a terrorist attack or every time there's a political incident or every time. I only get it when a fever pitch is rising in our culture where a certain tribe is expecting you to come out for or against. That's the only time I ever – i I'm not hearing people say I want us to be brokenhearted every time this happens. It's As soon as I'm on Twitter and I'm seeing what people are upset about, I know I'm going to get an email asking me to virtue signal versus someone who's genuinely brokenhearted enough that they're consistently applying right. that. Yeah. Right? And, and, I, and I think it, it grieves my heart that it's not even about the hurting people anymore. Right. It's about the need to posture yourself as being for hurting people.
2: So is there a criteria or way we go about determining when and question. if – there is an well, we did, opportunity to I mean, say something.
0: We did just record a podcast we about did. so how, Maybe let's one.
2: talk about that. So how did we arrive
0: why, at why. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I that I think part of that is uh, the, that that's why I wanted to clarify right at the beginning. What people uh, want usually is something from the pulpit during a time of worship. And I really feel like that's a sacred time yes, yeah. where we're going to look to God, for God, and to hear from Him. Uh, I think... Uh, we can use podcasts. We can use uh, different other outlets to talk about other things, including uh, political issues. But I still want to be. I. I. I think as a culture, uh, we have lost the ability to be nuanced. We've lost the ability to have uh, spirited conversations where we are where we differ in our opinion about something uh, that's important. Uh, and I need. We need to recapture that. But.
2: Now we did. Do a podcast recently, I believe, about how we are apolitical as well. So I think, even like with the issue one, there were some things that were very extremely clear in scripture. Yeah. And I think that's that the, helped guide yeah. and determine.
0: I think that's the grid. Yeah, we are we are apolitical. It says that in our distinctives and mm-hmm. our, you know, in our constitution. But apolitical, it, we are apolitical, but we are a theological organization. Exactly. So when something, Political is in direct contradiction to the teaching of scripture, then yeah, we have a stance on it. It's yeah. not because we have a political leaning, it's because we have a moral stance. That yeah, and I, I do
3: also think that even, I mean, we will occasionally pray for something that's happened in the world, right? That is sad yeah. or devastating. But even that is tricky because what reaches the threshold? Where, where are you? Why would you do a prayer for here, but not for here? Do you dedicate a staff member to watch the news and it's like anything? It, it might not even be on the news. The horrible so, things in certain places in So yeah. So I, I think you know. I mean, what what is meaningful and important on a global scale is really based on what news channel you watch or where you're from. You, you know, we might, at a church our size, we might have someone from a country where something happened, and they're wondering why we haven't spoken to it because it's super at the front of their. And so I think even we struggle with. Inconsistency or precedent, like if we if we pray for this, can we make sure that we pray for everything of equal exactly. impact? Yeah. It just gets. But, but the other thing I got to tell you is,
1: and it's, it's interesting, you know, you said that, and I know uh, we have a woman in our church from Russia mm-hmm. and a woman from our church from yeah, Ukraine, from U- right? And I think somebody if somebody's going to pray for that situation, you yeah. got to be careful. Yeah. But you don't. But we don't always know that. Yeah. You know. I just happen to know these two women.
3: Yeah, and I, yeah, so it's just, tri- it's just tricky. It, right. it, it's tricky, and and I and I think what sometimes what people will perceive as cowardice, I, I perceive as, I mean, I I, well, I guess I'm often sometimes the one making the decision or making the statement. Is I would take as recognizing the nuance and difficulty and, and wanting to avoid giving offense where you're not, you're offended because I said it incorrectly or I, because I got to tell you the climate that we're in. I mean, I have prayed before at our church for the, you know, for like hurting people in an area that is war torn. And I get an email asking me to prove which side I'm for. Right. Which is like, I'm just praying for hurting people made in the image of God who are dying, who probably don't know Christ. And 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 I'm getting back. Well, hold on a second, which side are you on? Or and and I just think that that every time I get that email, it makes me think, oh, it might have been better just to not do this at all, which is yeah. Sad, right? But yeah, I think it's it's just tough. It's yeah. tough. I think the way one of the things that I run through a grid is, you know, we we are we plan out our preaching calendar a year ahead. So in so much as the passage we're looking at corresponds to what's happening in the world, it it is fortuitous, I I guess, or or, uh, it's unplanned at least because we're so far ahead. But what I would say is I think it's right to expect that when we come to passages that deal with particular moral issues that we will address them. Right. Yeah. Right. So if if you're preaching the sixth commandment, you're going to talk about abortion, for example, not because it's political or not even because it's relevant, but because it's relevant to the passage, it's germane. One of the things, I think one of the things about being a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church is that if this week I have Galatians 4 in front of me, I'm not doing mental gymnastics to connect that to the political issue of the day or setting it aside to deal with the political issue of the day because I actually think the hope of the world changing is Galatians 4, not my speaking to a political issue.